Welcome to episode 47 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lex Town, Josh Hopkins. Hey, Josh. Hi, buddy. Hey, Rex Everett Chapman. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm How doing great. Things are a little dreary here today, a little overcast, but a, a, a nice break. Been, been warm, sunny, uh, yeah. enjoying enjoying the, the cloud cover. It's been like triple digits here in Austin for like three weeks. Like just brutal, beat you down. I don't really mind it that much. I'm, I'm, I, 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 some like it hot and they sweat when the heat is on. It's kind of like yeah. me. Yeah. But, uh, I really hate cold, but I mean, this is pretty oppressive heat, but it's summer. I'm not complaining about summer. I, love summer. I think I prefer the cold to the heat. I'd rather be cold than hot. Yeah, well, that's why you moved out of uh, Phoenix, right? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, I got arrested and some other stuff. That's why I moved out of Phoenix. You did? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, buddy. Uh, hey, have you read anything this week? Oh, book, uh, club. Yeah. book club. We should do uh, book club real, real quick. I didn't. I, I, I uh, super, super busy. Well, you got to eat couple times a day, don't you? Yeah. And, that, and, you and the rest of the time, yeah. The rest of the time, you know, I was, I was doing stuff. Right. So had no, no time to read. So no, nothing for me. What about you? Uh, I don't know if this counts. It's, it's a book. It's the, I guess the most famous book in the world called the Bible. I, uh, you know, had to, there's things going on and sometimes you might want to go, I was recommended to go read a little bit to, yeah, get some answers about my faith. Yeah. Some questions I've had, and uh-huh. it was actually much better than I remember as a kid. I, I mean, Charlton Heston was in it. Uh, a lot of Josh, Josh, like I came no. down with these two. No, no, you're thinking about the the uh, the TV interpretation, buddy. You, you're talking about a show once again, not a book. Oh, not a yeah. book, Ten Commandments, all of that stuff. You're, you're, nope. Right. Wrong. I didn't read anything. Okay. Well, that's been book club. Yeah. Uh, finals, NBA finals are over, Josh. We have a new uh, champion. That's an old champion. A couple friends of the show on that squad. Steve there, Kerr. Huh? Uh-huh. Stephen, Stephen Kerr and Stephen Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, two friends of the show got their rings. Steve with his ninth championship ring all time. Crazy. And Stefan gets his fourth ring, wins the finals MVP. What else can be said about the guy now? He's still playing. He's the active all-time three-point shooter just pouring it on. Yeah. Um, he's top ten player all time, right? It's got to be. Just the, the resume alone. You just, two MVPs. Uh, he also uh, absolutely revolutionized the game. I yep. mean, his, his fingerprints are all over changing the game as much as anyone, you know, Will Chamberlain and I don't know who changed the game as much. You know, he, he, he changed it. Changed um, and now his resume backs it up. Plus, God, when he gets going, has there ever been anyone more fun? Then when no. it's going, no, and and just to be able again, just to be able to do what he does off the dribble. I mean, people don't understand when you're dribbling the ball, 
you've got, you have to, at some point, put it into your shot pocket. It has to go from out here, has to go to here at some point, and you snatch it. To be able to do all of that, it's one thing if you're just catching it and pulling it, but to be dribbling it and get it in the shot and off that quick and whack, whack, whack. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's uncommon. <laughs> it's uncommon. <laughs> it is. It's remarkable. Uh, so we're going to remark about it because it's yes, remarkable. It is remarkable. I'm going to make a remark about what a great player he is. Yeah. I mean, and then people talk about, the future with that team, you know, people, I, I hear some people like it's now they're going to win four or five or three or four. I mean, he's back on that. A little. They've got the squad obviously, but as you've seen, it takes a lot of good fortune to stay healthy. Sure does. But to, uh, what, what Clay Thompson did this year. Now think about this. Clay came. I'm glad you kind of touched on that, Josh. In this day and age where guys take nights off and guys, you know, just kind of, if they're not going to make the playoffs, they'll just kind of mail it in and just put me on the IR. I'm not going to play the rest of the year. Clay hadn't played in two years, mm -hmm. a knee and an Achilles. He came back with a couple uh, months left in the season. When I, if you miss a week in the NBA, your first year, it's going to take you a week anyway to get back to where you were. The rust you're shaking off after long periods of time off like that, all the doubt that's gone into your mind, you're not, you're definitely not going to be as springy and as, as instinctive right away as you were. It all takes crazy time. But for him to come back, put himself out there, didn't have to, did not have to. He looked like shit sometimes out there, couldn't get a shot off sometimes out there. You started seeing it come back in bits and pieces. That, that he was able to be a huge part of what they did. I just love it. I couldn't love Clay, Clay Thompson anymore. By the way, has anybody ever seen Gronk and Clay Thompson in the same room at the same time? They're the same guy, right? Beloved by everyone. They, they're, they're loved. I don't think that the, the layman like me, now I do feel, realizes how Steph is loved within the league. Oh yeah, everyone. I mean, I mean Clay, 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 Clay. Yeah, nobody. Everyone loves Clay, right? Same way with Gronk. Everyone loves yeah. Gronk. It's it's. Yeah. I'm just happy for him. That's all. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John ja Morant's poster dunk. NBA Top Shot is where the greatest moments from NBA history are turned into officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards by making it easier to buy, sell, and collect by removing the hassle of grading, shoe boxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham. Collect throwback moments from former NBA stars like Shaq and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite team to gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection and pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.com nbatopshot.com slash bball news and get in the game today.
Well, real quick, you know, we've got the NBA draft coming up, Josh. Um, an, an exciting time for all young players. Uh, it's hard to even remember what it was like. It's been, I guess uh, I was drafted how long ago now? 34 years ago. What do you remember? What do you remember about that? Like, here we are. I don't, you know, I mean, kids I, going into that just young. Yeah, what kind of remember? a blur. Kind of a blur. You know, you've got an idea of where you're going to go. I, I was told I was going to go between probably three and 10. And, uh, you know, you just don't know. You're a kid. You don't know anything. You don't know how any of it works. You're relying on an agent that you've hired to kind of have some intel for you. Mm -hmm. um, I know that with each pick that goes by, you sit there and go, uh, you know, there's only 30 teams. Right. And right. <laughs> with each pick that goes by, you're just hoping that, you know, your name gets called. So, it's exciting. It's, I was, I saw a list of the guys that were, that had been invited, you know, over here in, I think it's in New York still, um, to the green room. Uh, just a, it's a fun time, you know, for you and your family and, and all the people that have kind of helped you get to where you are. Oh, what episode is this? This is episode 47. Who are some, uh, that's a terrific that's 47s, another terrible number. That's a tough one, man. The one that only one that comes right to mind for me is AK forty seven Andre Karolinko, who who whose wife used to give him one day off a year uh, hall pass on his birthday. Did you know that? Did not know that. Look it up. Okay. Yeah. There you go. The more you know. There you go. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Tom AK forty-seven. Tom Glavin. Defensive backs, though. That uh, 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 Mel Blunt. Come on, yeah, and Niners, John Niners. and John Lynch. Mm, some tough guys. So forty-seven. Tough number. Tough number, and you got to be a tough guy. To That's right. Stuff. That's right. Let's get to our guest, Josh. I'm excited. The guy I used to play against. Uh, he was a nightmare to play against. Now he's doing his thing in the college coaching ranks. The Vanderbilt Commodores head basketball coach, two-time All-Star, and 18-year NBA vet, Jerry Darnell Stackhouse. What's up, Stack? What's up, Rexy, man? Good to be on, man. Thank you for having me. Man, thanks for doing this. I already know. I'm going to let Josh talk for a second. Josh, is, uh, Josh, you're a little older than Jerry, but I know you're a uh, – Jerry, Josh is from Kentucky, an actor, friend of mine. We grew up together. Uh, he, he loves your era of basketball, college okay. basketball. Go ahead, Josh. Tell him how much you love it. I mean, look, just first of all, I just remember seeing you. I was a little bit older, but when you were coming, you were on possibly the best high school basketball team of all time. Maybe. Right? No okay, doubt. you come into Carolina and – I was amazed because the way you dunk, the way you could, could just torque and then clang, and your name was Stackhouse. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's no way this guy could be cooler. And then you come into Carolina, and that was kind of a heyday for Carolina. All the players you had and you played with Rashid, you guys were really good. And then you go on to this 18-year career. I mean, you've just been a – a basketball staple in my life and everybody around our age. 
And now you've continued on and you're this great coach. I mean, you basketball has given a lot to you and you've given a lot back. Do you um, foresee yourself always staying coaching for the rest of, of your career or, or it's somehow in basketball or it's just it's got to be the love of your life? No doubt, man. I think I'm a, I'm a basketball lifer for sure. Uh, obviously, I started at a young age. I mean, watching my brothers play, um, you know, wanting to do whatever your older brothers did. And, uh, you know, they were good at basketball. And I just felt like I, it was a rite of passage for me to keep keep doing the same thing. And, uh, man, I, I just love it. I love the competitiveness. I love everything about the game. And, you know, once I got to, you know, I couldn't play anymore. Um, I you know, just felt like it was a natural transition for me to try to share all of the things that I've learned from all of the great coaches, the great players that I've been around and being able to share that with, with the next generation, man. It's just been a dream come true to be able to con just continue to stay in the game. So but no, I, I enjoy coaching. Uh, I could, you know, see myself doing it, but you never know. I mean, I, I think it's, um, you know, there, there's other things that could interest me down the line, but I know basketball is going to be connected to it in some way. Hey, how, how did growing how did growing I've got one sibling. Josh has two siblings. How did growing up in a household with 10 siblings reinforce the, the concept of being a team player from a very early age? Well, I mean, I think I, you know, for, it, we were kind of spread out a little bit. I think at the most, I was home with maybe three of my brothers, you know, and the other ones are older. There's like a big, big age gap. Um, my mom had her first child when she was probably 17, and then she had me when she was 45. So imagine wow. that, 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 wow. that gap. So, I mean, I think I was probably a little bit of an afterthought. But <laughs> I think the you know the good thing about being the baby of the family, I ate first. So, you know, so, you know <laughs> I, 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 I didn't get deprived of too much. Um, but, no, it, it, it was cool, man, just being having that dynamic of older brothers, being able to go and stay with them and, um, you know, and, you know, they obviously still protected me like a, an authority figure, but they were my brothers. So, you know, it allowed me to do some things. And were they up. athletes? Were they yeah, athletes? They all, you know, most of them, uh, all of them played basketball. I mean, I mean, my, my older brothers probably didn't, my very oldest, but the rest of them, they all played. So, again, like that was my favorite part of the year, like holidays when, you know, when they would come home and they get a chance to see me play and I get a chance to test myself against them. That was That was my proving ground. I knew if I could compete out there with my brothers, then I, I, I wasn't worried about anybody else, you know, in, in the country or anywhere else, you know, so I, I, that, that was my thing. Each summer, family reunion, we have it, we have still have it, 4th of July, every summer, and I look forward to them coming back and seeing the next, you know, step I took in the game. You got any nieces or nephews that are going to make some waves in, in, in basketball or any other sports? Man, like like I told you, with with, like, with my family being so old, I got nieces and nephews older older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so right. so it's like uh, so some of some of their kids is the ones that's coming up and some doing some things in the game. Um, you know, my son actually played football uh, in North Carolina as well. Um, but uh, wow. my, my youngest, you know, he he played. He kind of had a late growth spurt. He was a pretty good shooter, but he grew uh, probably six inches after he graduated uh, wow. from school. So, um, <laughs> uh, and my daughter, she was in the film. She just graduated from Syracuse a couple years back now. She's in grad school up in, um, in Toronto at Ryerson University. So, man, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, putting all of my energy into to other people's children right now, you know, as far as the ones that I'm coaching, the, the student athletes that I have here. 
let me ask you about your about your high school team because it is one of the greatest ever. And we had uh, we had Muggsy Bogues on, and he had one of the great ones, the Dunbar team. But you had great teams at Carolina. You uh, Rashid and um, Shimon Williams, uh, uh, Jeff McGinnis, who was also on your high school team. But your high school team had you and Jeff McGinnis and uh, uh, Matt Jai. Yeah, yeah, we had Mark Blunt. Mark, yeah, we had some guys could, on could that your, team. Could your high school team beat your college team? Not when you were in oh. high school. When you were all in, in college, and, and, and could your high school team beat your college team? He can't guard himself. I, think, he, I mean, I, that does. You know, I, 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 I think, <laughs> I, I think she, uh, she would have tilted the, the scales a little bit. I mean, I mean, yeah, love, yeah. love McTar, love, you know, Alex Sanders, the guys I had <laughs> on that team. But uh, playing with she. You know, man, that was that, that was a different animal, man. That guy so so quick off the floor, uh, just you know, unbelievable length and quickness that we had. That, you know, there at Carolina, man. You know, one to me, in my in my opinion, one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. I mean, I mean, unbelievably selfless. Um, you know, he, I'm telling you, man, he could he could have, he could have averaged twenty if he wanted to, but he was just such a you know unselfish player. And when talk about that run. stack, talk yeah, about that stack. I mean, Rashid, people don't really understand i mean that guy so talented shoots at the top of it you know he's seven footer um but talk about how talented that guy was no man i mean i think he just you just think um his length and we we came into a national championship team man and we were (laughs) like like man in 93 like they wanted i mean i was I honestly went to Carolina because they hadn't won it since 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 MJ was there in '85. I wanted to be the one to kind of help us get over the glory, and then they win it, you know, kind of after I commit. So, but I, you know, I kept with my commitment and went there, and we we clashed a little bit that that senior group. Again, you know, we got these you know freshmen that are coming in here, mm-hmm. myself, Rasheed, um, Jeff McInnes, and we were going at it, you know. And then I think that that was um, you know we we got we got bounced early um, that. That year, in the, uh, against Boston College, beat us, and then they going to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, we you know, came back next year and went to the Final Four. But again, I'm mean, just uh, just talking about she. The last play was three. We down three, and coach called up a play for she to shoot the three at the, at yeah. the end of the regulation. I mean, <laughs> he, he's that. That talented man of all and the that's guards back got, then, back yeah, then, we got, we got Donna Williams, we got you know all these guys on this team, or whatever. But you know, I mean, I was I was more of a slasher, but she man, just ability to shoot the ball, man, and shoot with left hand, right hand. Yeah, that was crazy too. He really could shoot jumpers with his left hand. Josh. All the way back, I mean, to deep three, and uh, like you know, he <laughs> didn't have like as. As, as long and as and, and much length as he small had. Small hands small and hands feet, right? And small feet, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like wears crazy. a size 12 shoe. Yeah, something, yeah. something crazy. Those Air Force Ones, that's why he's able to play in them Air Force Ones. Yeah. They only have a size <laughs> 13 or something like that. But now nah, he, um, he was an extremely talented player, one of the most talented players I've ever played with. Stack, how, did, why, how and why did you end up at Oak Hill, going to Oak Hill? Man, it was like Jeff McInnes talked me into it, basically. You know, it was like okay. was on, we played AAU basketball there in, my, um, in Charlotte. Uh, I don't even know how I got I mean, I, I guess I was on a team that was in Raleigh that, um, you know, we made, we qualified. But, again, AAU back then, just trying to raise money to travel and whatnot. And the Sonics in Charlotte was a much 
more established organizations. I, I played with with Jeff there, and then he was just on. He was in my ear, you know. Um, and obviously, I had you know done a lot in my hometown of Kingston. We went to you know state championships, and a lot of stuff was going on. The kind of the recruiting process was getting crazy. And I just thought that, and then when you talk, Oak Hill was taking a trip to Hawaii. They was going to Vegas. They was playing in all these national tournaments. But you got to like, live there, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I, you know, it was a great decision until after basketball season was over. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then it's like, man, where am I? But no, it, it was good, man. The, the hoop every day against that type of talent on a day-to-day basis. It was more, that was more important to my development than any of the games that we played and we were blowing out teams left and right and you know but then when we got to the big tournaments we you know we you know faced some, some really good competition then but it was uh it, it really helped me make my decision to come back to North Carolina because I really missed my family you know coming to games you know and, and seeing me play and they didn't get to see me as much when I was at Oak Hill so I felt like coming back and being an hour and a half away from home um, you know, in Chapel Hill that, you know, it, it would be, be big for my family to come and watch me play during my college years. You talk about that, that, you know, I mean, you blew teams out in high school, like <laughs> average 30 points every game and you beat a team 96 to eight. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what do you feel like there? Are you, do you feel sorry? Do you like, well, I might as well get mine. Or are you just like, no, well, I can just man, do dunk every just... time. No, it, it was crazy. I mean, it wasn't like they weren't getting shots, you know, so they were trying, you know, it was just, we were just that much, you know, overmatched them and man, they couldn't, they couldn't, couldn't stop the game. And, you know, so it, it wound up being a, uh, it wound up being a punishment for, for sure. But uh, again, like, I don't even know how much I even played in that. I think it was a tournament in um, Tri-Cities uh, that, that we were in. And so, but man, it, it was crazy. I mean, when you think about a team only getting eight points and, you know, we were, we, we, we were that good defensively. I mean, obviously we had a lot of offensive talent, but we were, we, we were a really good defensive team for a high school team. What's that halftime speech like? <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. better hydrate. <laughs> no, right. Probably, probably. Hey, don't you know? Don't don't get hurt doing something crazy. Trying to you know three sixty and on the break and all that type of stuff, man. We were you know we were, uh, but we, we that's why we were there. I mean, it was a traveling show. You know, Oak Hill and you know, some of the best talent in the country. And again, one of like you said, probably arguably one of the best teams ever. We went thirty six and zero. Josh Smith and Rondo, they probably want to have an argument about that. I think they won about forty and zero or something, but. Uh, <laughs> But no, it was it, it was it was a good experience. Um, Coach Smith just retired. I mean, just had a um, a big yeah. retirement uh, celebration for him. And now, this for the first time in a long time, it's going to be a, a new person at the head of uh, of Oak Hill Academy. But he's you know, he, he's coached a lot of great players and had had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, you went from one of the greatest high school coaches, one of the greatest college coaches, both named Smith. Yeah, man, how did that work <laughs> out? No, no, yeah. it was just. Man, I had a, I had, you know, I, I had narrowed my my colleges down. I mean, I had a great visit at Virginia, man. I went up to the UVA and Charlottesville, wow. and then you know Corey Alexander and Junior Burroughs who went to uh, Oak Hill, you know, before me. Um, you know, they were kind of my host on on the visit, and I mean, I had a great visit. I had, I think, Gang Star was there performing that, you know, uh, wow. that, that weekend. It was a 
I mean, I didn't know as many, you know, African-American women, you know, went to, yeah. to, to UVA. UVA. I mean, they're coming down from, from Northern Virginia. I mean, I'm seeing yeah. all these light-skinned, pretty women. I'm like, all right, I'm like, this, this, this might work out. But, uh, but no, when I went down to Chapel Hill and sat in front of Dean Smith, you know, after talking about all of the, you know, all of the, you know, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, all of the guys that were in the pros that had, you know, come through there. Uh, I just knew that, I mean, it, it was hard for me to tell him no. You know, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was recruited by Dean and, and Roy. Roy was a young uh, assistant at the time. Michael had just been there. I, I uh, went on a visit. I visited Carolina. It was one of my top five schools. Loved, loved Carolina growing up. I played in the USA games with Jeff Lebo, played in Charlotte with with uh, J.R. Smith, uh, J.R. Reed. Reed. And so and I, whenever I go on TV with Brendan uh, Haywood, I give you all a lot of shit about them <laughs> paper classes at, at, at North Carolina. I bring that up uh, to give you some shit, but also to to ask you uh you were always, and you've always been noted about being diligent and and being on your grades. I mean, you went back to school, got your degree in African American studies. How how did that whole experience and and what's been made of that? Uh, and when I say this, I went to Kentucky. We have our issues. How did that How did that whole experience? How has that helped prepare you for? the job you're in now because you can't be the coach at Vanderbilt without having a strong ac academic background and fight for academics. How has that prepared you for what you're doing now? No, I, mean, I think for me, it was always, uh, when I left school, you know, that was a, the, that was the deal. I made with coach, you know, coach Smith and my mom that, that, that I would come back and, you know, and get my degree. And, it, and actually I was on, it worked out that I was, drafted to bad teams that I didn't, I wasn't making the playoffs. So I was coming <laughs> in and getting, you know, both sessions of summer school. I, you know, I had a place there in Chapel Hill. I actually scored, I enjoyed school way more, you know, after wow. I came back than I did while I was there because I was on a mission to get to, yeah. to the pros, get to that next level. And, um, but, I, but I've always, you know, performed well, you know, in, in school. I mean, I was an honor roll student and, and, and did all those type of things. But for me, um, you know, there, there's a lot of noise around that, especially around the, the, our major, because you know, it was act like when the paper classes, it was act like it was only something that was offered to to athletes, and and, and but now it was offered to across campus. And I think right. that you know when you start digging in deeper and really know the story, but it's it's good for um, you know the other blue bloods like you Kentucky folks, to probably, <laughs> you know, you know throw, throw, throw some salt at us every once in a while, you know, but. But no, it was it was great. And then and it was always, I mean, one of my mentors, um, Charlie Grantham, who, you know, used to uh, yeah. you know, head, head the, the players union. He was all he would always tell me, like, man, you guys, you you need to go back to school. You know, even even after I you know, graduated college, he's like, you need to go. I was you know, I was looking into uh, business school and all, all these different things because of you know him. He's just like, man, you 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 guys have an education from basketball, but there's so much more that you need to know. And and, and that's why uh, I had an opportunity to go back to to take some classes at Harvard and, and do some things. And I think that all those things prepared me to to be here and to be able to uh, be in a, in a high academic situation and be around young men who 
Um, they're not so much interested in, in NIL. They're, they're, they're not worried about these, you know, this four year. It's not a four year degree. It's a 40 year degree here. I mean, that's that's I mean, that's what it means. And being able to, to be among some of the brightest and smartest um, people and professors. And, and, uh, and that, that, that's what that's what we tell everybody can't come here. You know, I mean, I, 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 anybody can go to Kentucky. I'm sorry, but no, I, <laughs> but no, no but offense, I, but, but, no offense. But, no, but I think just you know, every, we have. That's the first thing. I mean, when I'm looking at a guy, and, and yeah, I love the way that he he shoots. I love his his movement on the court. I love the way he's passed. I love his vision. But the first thing I got to ask is for transcripts, you know, and see what what is his, you know, what is GPA and, and those things. So, but it doesn't limit us. I mean, there's still enough talented guys that have the grades that can come here and be successful on the court and in the classroom. And I think it, it separates us. And I think that puts us beyond reproach when it comes to, um, you know, any scrutiny when it comes to academics or anything like that, because I think we set the standard, especially in our, in our conference and, and basically, you know, one of the top 15 universities across the country. Jerry, as a player, you know, I, I, one of my favorite players, period, right now playing is Bam Adebayo. And I love Bam because he's conscientious. He never takes a playoff. He offense, defense, knows time and score. He's not going to uh, not run back because he's yelling, yelling at the referee. Um, you were that way. You didn't take plays off. You knew what you were out there doing. I know it takes when you go watch players, you look for guys who are conscientious. Where does that come from? You talked about, you know, Charles Grantham tells everybody the same stuff he told you. He told me the yeah. same thing. I didn't listen. Where does that ability, what made you listen? What makes you, where does that conscientiousness come from? No, I mean, I think for me, man, it's just like, you know, people always thought I played with a scowl, right? You know, and it was like, you're just serious. I'm just serious. I mean, yeah. I, this, this is my business. I know what I'm, where I was trying to get. And once I got there, I knew I was trying to stay there. I knew there was other guys that were shooting at me. I really took, you know, each possession serious about you know trying to to win i mean i think when it you know i think if there's anything to be selfish about it's about winning i wanted my i did want my team to win i wanted us to have success i want us to, to do that and, and that was a process in itself you know going to uh you know a lot a of losing situation yeah, yeah very very much so i mean i played with 30 guys my my, my freshman year you know you know john lucas you know and everybody that ever came through his drug treatment program got a yep. 10 day with, yeah. with, with us that year. So it's like, um, so it was, but nah, but I, but I think that those was, was thing. And, and I was like, man, I was coming home. I didn't even want to go out to restaurants. And then, I mean, I'm coming from winning, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. was embarrassed. I felt like everybody was, was looking at me and I, I thought we supposed to be winning. And in actuality, we wasn't supposed to be beating the no. Chicago Bulls. And, yep. and, and then I kind of learned that, okay, this is a process, and now I have to, you know, I still have to play. I mean, I averaged 19. I was on the all-working team, all those type of things, but. Did you um, want to leave? Win. Did you Did you want to leave, Jerry? Or I mean, were you, I, I know you were ready as a player. Um, I, I left too. I, I wasn't really physically ready. You know, we were going on probation <laughs> at the time. Were you were you ready to go? I mean, emotionally, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I think probably I mean, I always felt like I was, a little, again, older brothers and being around mm -hmm. I was probably more mature for my age. So I think I was good from that standpoint. But 
um, just my mom had gotten sick, you know, she, I mean, she had cancer and, yeah. you know, I mean, I just felt like there was an opportunity. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I, if I had a blueprint going in, I felt like it was the Michael Jordan blueprint. The earliest I would leave college would be after my junior year. Three. Right? Yeah. You're right. Three years. And, you know, it just kind of, you know, I definitely wasn't a one and done thought. I mean, right. right. I mean, at the time, nobody really talked about that at the time. And then all of a sudden, I mean, after my freshman year, I was like in the you know top fifteen of a, of a mock draft, right? right? So I was like, oh, wow! I didn't, you know, and then after the sophomore year that we had going to the Final Four, you know, Coach Smith do, doing what he always does, going and you know talking to um, GMs that were in the lottery, and you know Kevin McHale who had the fifth pick, and told, but, but flat out told him if, if if he's there at five, I'm taking him. So yeah. and Coach Smith, wow. he didn't hold that information back from me. He came back and told me like, you know, you're, you're going to be a top five pick if you, if you ever leave, leave this year. And so I just was like everything that was going on, um, you know, Rashid, his, you know, him possibly coming back, you know, I think he left as well. Um, we didn't, I didn't know Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter was going to be Antoine Jameson yeah. and Vince Carter. <laughs> uh, or I might have might have made a decision to do something, but I just felt like it was, you know, be, be tough to kind of duplicate what we just did. And when everything is going on with my family, this is a chance for me to um, to go. And, and like I said, I made that promise to come back to school. School wasn't going anywhere. They've been there since 1864, something, something like that. They ain't going nowhere. I can still come back and do that. And uh, and I did. And I, so I think that was uh uh, it was the right decision for me at that time. I had no regrets uh, about it whatsoever, um, you know, but I had to learn. I mean, I like play power forward in college. You know, I got forced into that. I was supposed to be small forward, but um, uh, somebody got hurt. And then, you know, she was a five, I was a four, Calabria was a three, Donna Williams at the two, and Jeff was at the one. So What a squad. Uh, yeah, so it's like, man, I – I had to learn how to chase off the screens. Guys like you have been playing shooting guards your whole life. So it's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. running through screens. I'm running through Rick Mahorn. I, you know, just in pickup ball, I got a separated mm -hmm. shoulder from just not knowing how to chase screens. And, yeah. and then, and the biggest guy, I mean, the guy that helped me the most was Vernon Maxwell. Vernon's like, yeah, it's that you got, you got, you got to put your hand on on his hip. You got to put your hand on his hip. As soon as he come off that screen, Shot. you got to, you got to, you got to get back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man, that was the biggest thing. I mean, I, I learned a lot from Coach Smith, but that was yeah. probably the biggest thing that anybody ever taught me was how to chase chase off screens yeah. in the NBA. And and you know, and from that point, man, like. You know, guards that was coming off screens, man. I used to punish them like Ray no Allen and, and Allen Houston guys. Like, man, I was damn near shoved them into the front row. People don't he, understand that yeah. it was hand to hand combat. That's man. what it was down there. It's I get you first. I'm coming yeah. off of here. You Ref, know? Ref can't tell. He just think it's no. the guy's momentum. So it was like, yep. but nah. And then, but nah, it was you know, man, it was crazy. I mean, all the, the two guards at that time that we had to play against night in yeah. and night out, MJ. Mitch Richmond, the trail. I want to I want to ask you about that. Um, you know, all of us sort of looking back, we all had the burden of of playing in MJ's era, playing against him. Uh also uh it was it was fun. But all of us didn't go to Carolina right after he did. All of us weren't six six and built almost identical to him. Um 
how much of that ever weighed on you? I can only imagine it probably didn't very much, uh, given your, your mental no. makeup, but, um, you know, was there a pressure, um, no. to, to, I mean, to succeed? Flattering, man. No, I mean, it was flattering, of course, you know what I'm saying? They get mentioned, Michael Jordan being from North Carolina and, you know, being able to, to dunk and having a, a kind of a flair with mm -hmm. my game. But, you know, I, I wasn't, like I said, Michael Jordan had been a guard his whole life. I was a power forward that was, yeah. you know, had to learn how to be, and I became an all-star guard, you know, shooting guard. <laughs> but I, that's not how I came into the NBA. So, I mean, I, I never tried to, you know, you know, pay attention to all of that stuff. You know, of course, it, it were every time we played them, and you know, especially the, those first contests. I think I, you know, we played in the summer in some pickup games, and I, you know, held my own pretty well. And I think I told a reporter that, and then all of a sudden, that was supposed that was like bulletin, you know, bulletin board material for the Bulls. Like they needed any motivation. You know, the, you know, Stackhouse said that he did this to you, and then you know, they come out and. Mike had like 40 something in the first, you know, first half. And everybody's like, he gave me 48. I probably guarded him nine possessions of that 48, but it was all, all on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I, and I think probably really who really pissed him off was, was, was B Max. You know, Scotty, the damn, damn Scotty and Mike, they ain't done nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? But this and that, that was, but, but because of the hype that I got, from you know the comparisons to Michael Jordan, everybody yeah. is like, "Oh, Michael gave you forty eight. Go watch the game." I mean, yeah, never, right. I wasn't even hardly guarding him when he scored. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the you know that, that comes with the territory. And uh, man, we had some you know, had some good battles, especially when I got to Detroit and Grant Hill, and um, you know, right in they the, the highlight of, uh, of that run that the Bulls had. I mean, we we were competing. I mean, so everybody was behind them but we were one of the ones that kind of had that 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 talent and tandem to, to to push them I mean, we probably paid them played them 10 or 12 times and we, we beat them two or three but yeah <laughs> but that's good but that, that was everybody doing that era that's right Do you have a that's specific mj story we've had a lot of people on here that tell some good stories but you would probably be one that could have one on and maybe off the court you played with him and uh you know carolina guy you guys were close do you have any specific uh, a specific story? Uh, probably none that I can share on that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, he's an unbelievable guy, man. He's a, he's the ultimate competitor. You know, what I'm saying like even like I said in this, you know, at 40 years old, man. You know, he was still MJ. And, you know, in his mind and his body, because I, mean, I remember one time that uh, you know he you know just he just assumed because he's MJ, he was playing the Spurs, and he was like, you know. Uh, I know Bruce is going to be guarding me because Bruce was the best defender for, for for the Spurs. And then when we get out to the to the jump ball circle, who you know Bruce Bruce Bowen was standing beside me, so it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so great, like, you know. But, uh, but man, we had we we had some some good times. Him, he he did it up, you know. When we you know we hey, stack, like talk a traveling about band, man. Talk about his hands, because people don't. You got big hands. I got big hands, but mm -hmm. people don't understand. I mean, he dunked everything. It, yeah. You know, he could pick it up off the ground in the lane and just jump up. Those hands were game changers. Man, the the, the, the just the, the fingernails. I, I ain't even seen the fingernails as wide. <laughs> no. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Though, I know I, the two guys that. I mean, you look at their hands, and you know, it's like. 
and their hands are almost identical, just to the width of how how wide their nails and their thumb was was Michael and Kobe. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like if you put those guys' hands to, together, I mean, it, it's weird how big and how how wide. I mean, it looked like the same hands, man. It was kind of eerie, and you know, but but now nah, he was you know, not not only that, man, just the the handle and and all of that type of stuff, just in tight quarters. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you know he had no super handle. He had the best handle in the league. He just knew how to get where he he wanted to to go and. Um, you know, all of us padding our games at, after him. I mean, that was the way. Just, you know, the game changed, but we just, you know, you thought it was about trying to get 30 like like MJ, doing whatever you can to get 30 to try to help your team win. And, um, you know, that, that, that was the model for us. Jerry, um, if 18-year-old Jerry Stackhouse is coming out of high school today, how much money is he making with the NIL and can Bandy get it? Mm, man, I'm thinking I'm should I I'm thinking I'm trying to go back and get what I suppose they got retroactively. If I <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They they still owe me if they're gonna do it. But you man, still got two years of eligibility left. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's, 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 it's crazy. But no, it's I think. You know, we, we're still figuring things out, you know, with these collectives and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Got some, some really smart people working on our behalf, trying to make sure that we're not behind anybody else as far as what we can be able to to give our guys. That's the, that's what we want to do. We want to, you know, here we, we're talking about doing something, a little maybe pairing our guys with with, with a charity or something and then them doing something Fantastic. that way. And, Fantastic. And, uh, really, really thinking outside the box with that. I've and, said it, if guys are smart, that's what they'll do. You know, because it takes pressure off. It's hard. Can you imagine? I mean, you were able to do it. I, I was able to do it to a degree. Go in and and be a good player, you know, right away as a freshman. Imagine getting, you know, the pressure on some of these young men, you know, that aren't physically mature as freshmen. Go in and they've got a big NIL deal, but they can't even really compete on the court. You know, if you're able to give some of that money, show that, you know, look, I'm I'm doing it for me, yes, but I want to share the wealth. I think that takes off a little pressure, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's got to be kind of incentive laden. I mean, it's, you know, I think you have to you know stick around. You know, even mm-hmm. though I think those deals are there, but I think it has to be where you get a certain amount this year, you get more. You know, if you you stick around, but if you decide to transfer out or you decide to go, then you know that's that's you can't just walk away from you know that that type of deal so i think you have to be creative and and in schools and collectives and whoever that's handling that got to figure out a smart way way to do that obviously there's going to be some um some blue chips and five star type talent that again are going to be able to to command that type of um up front but again Mm -hmm. it's just i don't i just don't think that's our market um here here at vanderbilt i mean you know i think the one and dones. I mean, you look at the teams that have really won. It's the teams that have gotten older. Maybe the last yeah. one and done team was maybe Anthony Davis or somebody. I mean, it's been way back. They're, they're few and far between the teams mm-hmm. that really have success with with guys that come in one year. And I think our model is getting more of the four star athletes that are really um, that still you know really good. But the development piece is something that they're looking for. They got aspirations to to play at that next level and understanding that we play a, you know, kind of a, a positionless t- style. Um, and, and we're teaching them how to share the floor with other good players. And I think that's, you know, that's what we're 
offering, not not what we're selling you. That's what we're offering. If you come here and you're going to get a world class education, that's um, going to you know that's going to bode well for you long after your your basketball days are over. If you know if you're fortunate enough, not everybody's right. playing. I mean, stop stop fooling ourselves. Not everybody's playing at that at that next level. You know, I mean, it's only what 450 jobs. Yeah. Right. So you you got to know that yeah, even if you're fortunate enough to 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 get there, can you stay there? And uh, and that's what I tell our guys all the time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys get drafted, and a lot of guys you don't hear from, um, you know, too much after that. So let's 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 work on your your game, your understanding of the game. So not only can you get there, but you can stay there. This podcast is brought to you today by Branded Bills, the best place online for premium headwear and apparel. Branded Bills has hundreds of designs available, including our popular state collection, where you can show your pride with hats, shirts, hoodies, and more for all 50 states. Are you a company looking to brand your business? Branded Bills also offers custom apparel options that can meet your brand standards with fast turnaround and shipping. To shop or learn more, visit brandedbills.com today. Speaking of the NIL stuff, and I know you all have to address it in a different way, um, and I know we're all happy, especially at first, that this this happened, that the players are now getting a piece of the pie that they so richly deserve. But it happened really quick. And it happened in a way that's convoluted. And not everybody knows or even I don't know if there is a set black and white set of rules. Now, a lot of teams, a lot of programs, you know, try to work within some decorum and whatnot. But as far as human nature, people are going to push and push and push the boundaries. And when they do, at what point, you know, you're already seeing these, you know, people um, wine and dine and show me the money type of players have agents. At what point, if you're going to compete, if you want to do stuff with class and, and, and make it with decorum, can you really compete? Can, or does every program have to eventually just be like, all right, if they're doing it this way, we can't compete. We have to go all in and say, hey, we're flashy and this and that. Like, how do we, until it's reined in somehow, how do teams compete with the, with the programs that are just unabashedly just showing the money? Well, no, I mean, I think it's, that's what everyone's trying to avoid, pay for play. But I think that's ultimately um, this problem has been created by by the system itself. I mean, it should have already been figured out. There's enough smart people yeah. that's you know been you know in, in the NCAA and that's the head of these you know power five, power six conferences that should have already figured it out, but they didn't want to figure it out, and now it's you know it's, it's blown up in their face. I mean, ultimately that's that's where it's at right now. You know, then the NCAA really is getting you know really have not really having any authority nobody hadn't hadn't taken I mean all the things that have gone on you know um, from from the negative side of you know recruitment and and, and paying players illegally I mean they've, they've never really um you know been punished I mean you, you're seeing you're seeing guys that were you know secondary guys going to jail and being prosecuted but you know the, the ones that's been right at the forefront of it and, and nothing's happened to them so I mean I think it's um, it's disappointing, but at the same time, you know, I, I just think the player to me, and I don't know if it ever happened. I just think the players need representation. You know, I think yeah. whether that, I mean, I think these, these unions, whether it's a football union, basketball union, they need to come in 
and, and put these all these high school players and college players under umbrella. And, you know, again, it's like me and Rex, uh, you know, we're negotiating and we got a pie right here, you know, we're, and you're not, Josh, you're not in the negotiations. We're actually going to take more for ourselves than we should, you know what I'm saying? And then give, you know, we might be generous enough to give you a piece of pie. But th- that, but if you're at the table too and you're negotiating a piece of the pie, you're going to get something. And I think that's the only way this thing is really going to work out that somebody's got to be um, on the players because they, they are part of it's It's been the courts have said that, you know, the, that it's illegal and, and, and it's an unfair labor. And, and I think that that's what it comes down to. But we don't want the courts to come in and have to make decisions about it. Ultimately, you want to be able, just like the pros do, collectively bargain. You know, and then you and I think that's how the players always can come to the table and get some things done. When you start talking about antitrust laws and all those type of things. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, no, we're going to we're going to figure it out amongst ourselves. And I think that's ultimately what the um, the best course of action It may never happen that way. But I think that's that's going to be the best course of action. Because if we ask Senate people who don't really know this business, don't know, tell them to try to put a template and, and, and you know, it may it may go haywire. It may not be what none of us want anymore. I think a, a, a lot of guys are going to benefit from the way that, that this is now, from the NIL to the transfer portal. If you really know what you're looking at as a talent scout, the way you can put teams together, it's not like a it, it was a program forever. It's more like run like an organization now where you can go into that portal and you can get a couple of guys that are older guys maybe and plug them into what you have. I think – you know, all of this is really going to come back. And, and if you know, cause we all know, you know, like Jerry, you know what you're looking at when you, when you go watch these camps and whatnot, there are some guys who are pretty good coaches who don't know what they're looking at. They just try to find guys to, to plug in for, uh, you know, the, the system that they run. Um, it's been it's fun. Turning into, it's turning into not only is not recruiting, it's almost about to start to become talks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's it's really what it's coming to is it's coming to talks. I mean, with you know the NIL, what can I get? What you know, what's what's available? What, what are you doing? Again, you got guys that are you know hadn't really accomplished anything. Yeah, you know, even at the the secondary level, or you know, are going to places talking about you know NIL deals. I mean, I, I hear this because I talk to you know other coaches when we're on the right. road and whatnot but i mean fortunately for us i haven't dealt with that personally you know the guys that we that, that we're recruiting they you know they want to come here for um you know for for, for what, what what we have to offer them as far as basketball an opportunity to compete in the sec opportunity to get a you know education for vanderbilt and you know if we figure something out for them you know as far as and i wish we will we're not going you know, we're in the SEC. We're, they're not. There's just never going to be a case where Alabama and, and Kentucky is going to be able to do something, and, and you know, Vanderbilt's not. So we're, right. we're going to figure some things out, but it just hadn't gotten to the point of, of being that proactive for it yet. But 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 it will happen. Josh and I are, of course, uh, huge Kentucky uh, fans and whatnot. It's been great watching your teams over the last couple of years play, but not fun watching you play us because you've been giving us some fits. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr., uh, an NBA team's going to – he'll be a, he, he'll be with an NBA team soon. Uh, what is an NBA team getting with Scotty Pippen Jr.? 
Man, they, they're getting a, a guy that just knows how to play, right? I mean, he's 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 a sponge. I mean, I feel like he um, he learned a lot while he was here. He, he knew a lot, you know. Just I mean, I thought I think Scotty did. Scotty Senior did a great job, you know, with all with, with those boys, just teaching them how to play. I mean, how handling the ball, you know, you know, four size six two. I mean, just you know, crafty around the basket, footwork, you know, and he just. I mean, I think it was probably the best compliment that that we got when he got interviewed at the combine. You know, he was just like he felt like he was ahead of those guys because of you know the terminology and everything that we used, to, you know, the sets and everything that we we do here was the things that they installed and tried to get them to yeah. learn. And you know, and he was able to, you know, our guys was asking questions. He knew exactly what was going on. So I think that's that's what you're going to get from him. He's, I mean, he, you know, he get with the you know any team, but I think there's there's teams that just stand out to to my mind. They got a culture, whether it's uh, you know a, a Miami or you know where those guys just work and you know they they approach their business. Man, he's he's a serious dude. I mean, he was Scorpio like myself, so he's he, he's a, <laughs> he's he's a serious dude. He's about his business, but um, he, he's super smart, man. Just knows how to how to make plays, and I mean, obviously. He scored the ball really well for us, but I think what people are really gonna see is just his ability to run a team and get other guys involved because that's what I told him. You know, you got to figure out how to be find yourself. You know, nine through thirteen, fourteen. That's where you got to try to fit in. They got the the, the other eight guys are already there. They probably already got long term contracts. How can I go in and fit in? How can I be fair? Every, every time I got an opportunity. To, to get the if I'm in Miami, I get that ball to out of Bayou, I get that ball to Tyler Hero. You want to endear yourself to those yep. guys that um and, and he's smart enough to do that. And and I know um some teams gonna be extremely fortunate whether they draft him or you know, I mean I hope he gets drafted. I mean it'd be great for him, it'd be great for us, but but I think, you know, even if he doesn't get drafted, then he'll be able to really sit back and see which team that needs, you know, someone like him. And then he'll go in and, and he'll make his bones that way. But there's no doubt about it, in my mind that he's he's gonna play in the NBA for a long time. I remember you uh a couple times. You know, I remember one time specifically, you uh cut into the lane, they threw a two cut, and you went right over his dad, Scotty, and you gave him one. <laughs> Thank you uh, a little on the head. And then you I remember you you gave him a look like mm, no, no. There yeah. you go. Do you and guys then, I think remember that? Do you guys we, talk about that stuff? Yeah, we were John. We were John and all of them going back and forth, and then they give me a technical file. Like, man, they've been talking all this trash. For years. They've been talking all this trash. Then we get, you know, we get competitive, and I, 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 I was able to get one on him, and Man, that was, that oh, don't let Stat get ahead of steam. Do not oh, let Stat get ahead man. of steam. No, that was that that was fun time, man. That that first step, I still, I still, you know, get out there and, and, and get more. I, you I tell them, yeah, you know, what I'm saying I tell them, I, I don't know which day I can do it, but I, uh -huh. every, every every once in a while, I still pipe one down. <laughs> oh, I bet you can. Uh, you know, Van. Well, since you took over, Vandy's only school to improve its net rankings in the SEC all three in all three seasons and you're doing something big this summer uh stack you're going on a summer trip to europe in august four exhibition games france italy monaco 
That's a big mm-hmm. trip now. You know, you know. So Kids yeah, excited yeah. about it. They got to yeah, be. They, they are, man. They really are families. Everybody's excited about it. I think you know you get those opportunities. You know, once every four years, and this wow. it's, it's our, our chance to do it. And it's great because we got a lot of young guys. We lost Scotty, um, and you know, with, with the portal, we, we we still was able to maintain like eight guys out of our core. Wow. I and mean, that's a huge number. That's probably more so than anybody in the conference. So we, we feel good about the nucleus we got coming back and the talented group that we have coming in in this 22 class and being able to have those extra practices. I think we get like 10 yeah. extra practices because we, you know, because that foreign trip year is great for our own boarding and really, you know, you know, teaching those guys and their development and, you know, practices have been, been going really good. I mean, it's still, you know, that's, that's the one drawback that I hate you know about college and the pros. We only get four hours with them a yeah. week. But you know they got the the other, you know, time requirements that they have with school. But I just wish we could 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 get in and put our hands on them a little bit more and take 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 opportunity with, with these summer times to really develop. But with those, you know, 10 extra practices that we get, I mean I think we're really gonna be ahead of the game and, and we're gonna try to use that time wisely. Is there someone that's stepping up or might step up to you, like uh, uh, Liam Robbins or somebody? Because you've had a lead dog for the last couple of years. You've had your guy that, you know, they all knew that Pippen Jr. was coming to town. And you've got a, a, a really nice roster beginning to end. But are they figuring it out amongst themselves or do you – yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think Jordan up. Wright is a, is a natural guy that we're looking to be more of a, you know, a lead. I mean, I think those guys defer to Scotty a little bit. I, mean, I think there's guys that maybe could have taken on a little bit more of a role, but because of, you know, Scotty's, you know, kind of affable personality that they defer to him. Now that he's not here, you know, it's a chance for the younger guys to come in and, um, you know, kind of establish that hierarchy. I, I, I like to let them play too, you know what I'm saying, and, and determine that, you know, yeah. um, you know who's going, you know, as we brought in some guys um, from the transfer portal, um, you know, that uh, have played and had success. Uh, Ezra Manzon, the kid from UC Davis, you know, three years. The type of speed that we haven't had mm-hmm. here, even with, with Scotty, you know, he just has a different, you know, downhill, you know, speed that, that we haven't seen. And uh, I don't know if I've had you know, since I've been coaching. So I'm excited wow. about, you know, his, you know, his role and how he can run the team, but he's, he's learning, you know, you know, yeah. you know every day he's, you know, he's, he's a quick learner, but you just, you know, it's not their fault what they don't know, but yeah. you know, when you come in and you're trying to teach them a system and how we want to play and, and again, how to share the floor with other people and, you know, not just gravitate to the ball when you spray a double side, getting back out the, you know, the opposite side, all those little things, that are, are important in space in that, you know, guys that have been around and been in different systems, you know, they, they just don't know. So I think that that's the, that's, that's how we approach it, that, man, we, we can't, you know, fault them for what, what they don't know. We just have to teach them and we have to, and everybody learns differently. Some guys you yeah. can tell them, some guys you can show them, some guys you got to physically, you know, take them out there and put them in spots. And I think that's the way I try to, try to teach to where I hit all three levels. So um, guys that learn differently are still able to, to grasp what we're trying to do. What do you tell, what do you tell your team this year when they, when you're getting ready to play Kentucky and you're going to play Oscar Shibway? I mean, Uh, he's such an anomaly and like, what do you say? And then pass that. Why is he 
able to rebound. So like, why didn't Greg Oden have 16 rebounds a game? <laughs> like, I don't understand the skill set. <clears throat> must have to always be able to get the ball like that. What do you see in him? And what do you tell your players when you, when you play Kentucky? Uh, well, no, I mean, I think I take nothing away from him. Kid had a, had a great year. Um, but you know, I, you know, we go back and we, we play him and we watch the game. We feel like we push it. He pushes in the back every time he, he, he goes down. And it's like, you know, that's subtle. He's good at it. I mean, he just has a nuance of like creating space and yeah. getting to, to, you know, getting to the, that weak side. A lot of the same things that, that we teach, you know, when the ball goes up, getting to the opposite side of the board, you know, really getting leverage and stuff. But I think we play him as well as anybody because we got, Bigs that aren't going. Y'all got a down. couple bad calls. A couple bad calls uh, last yeah, year yeah. at our place uh, yeah. with your bigs and uh, an SEC he... tournament. So you know, but I think that's you know, so, but that, you know, yeah, yeah. And you know. like maybe minute thirteen, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you know, might have been a couple right there. Yeah, yeah. Guys, <laughs> guy, guy standing out of bounds. It wasn't, you know, yeah. you know, but but I think those again, those for us. You know, those those just some some growing growing pains that that we have to to learn to get over with. We got to be, you know, that much you know better. You know, and I think that was the message for our guys. We didn't cry over any of that, but I think they know when they uh, we took a lot out of them. You know, and I think yeah, you know what what sure we did. were able to do to them in, in those games affected them not only in the next game, but you know even in the uh, first round of the so tournament. Too. So and uh, so I just think that. Um, no, we, you know, Quentin and, and Liam, you know, those guys, I mean, Quentin, his development has been unbelievable for us since mm-hmm. he's been here. And, you know, I, I, I bet you if you ask, you know, Oscar Sheebway, you know, who he hates to face probably more so than anybody in in, in our league is probably Q because Q's going to stick his nose in there. He doesn't know yeah. him better. I, I, I had to tell him, man, you got to protect your face and do something, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? This dude is throwing and swinging elbows right in your face and he – He's taking it, and then we hear after the game that that we're the dirty team. <laughs> the, those, those guys, uh, oh, big big blue nation, man. They they, they stick up for that guy. Man, Stackhouse and those dirty guys, man. He's yeah, man. Are, are y'all watching the same game I'm watching? But no, but it it makes for a good rivalry. That's why I love it, man. That's that's another yeah. sell for for us that you know. Um, that, that's our mainstays. Not every team in SEC plays Kentucky twice. Not every team right. plays Tennessee twice. You know, not play Florida. Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee probably been the cream of the crop in, in the SEC, and we played them, you know, twice every year. And yeah. I don't think anything can change. Even with the realignment with Texas and, and OU, those are still going to be those, you know, those original team members and, and – and, you know, that's why I said let's let's beat them. I mean, that's a great sale, man. You want to play Kentucky, you want to play those guys, those, those one duns, everything, what they've been doing. We're going to play them twice every year and maybe more in the SEC tournament. So if, if that's what you want, then do you want to beat them or you want to beat them? So and you got an opportunity to beat them if you come here. Stack, we played we played Vandy four times when I was in school. They beat us once at, at their place. We were number one in the country. Hard place to play. Almost beat us another time. I hope your players know what a – what sort of the consensus consensus is about playing against Bandy in the SEC. It's a hard damn out, whether you play at home or on the road. The configuration of your court is crazy. The scoreboards, it's disorienting. The fans are fantastic. Uh, but Vandy, Vandy is no joke, and it is. It's right there beside Kentucky. In fact, 
we used to have a lot of Kentucky guys that would, you know, they wanted to go play at, at UK, but you know, might not have been just might not have been good enough. And they make their way to Vandy and have, you know, all SEC type careers. So it's a, fu- it's a fun stop. Yeah, that Memorial Magic, fun. man. We're starting to rekindle it a little bit now, man. I think it's, you know, everybody talked about it and I really, we felt it, you know, this year, just with the fans, you know, getting, you know, re-energized and it's kind of just a, you know, a, a revitalization, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Vanderbilt basketball, like you said, Vanderbilt yeah. basketball has been, been good in the past and it just hadn't, you know, had, you know, the, been able to sustain it and that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to get we're trying to not just be a you know a one hit one we want to yep. you know build something that that we can sustain and get back to that, that it's a tough place to play like you said we have the 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 benches on the back you know yep. on the baseline a lot of people you know that's that's different for for teams coming here to play um you know just the, the kind of the theater seat and where the yep. seats are below the floor a little bit and I mean, it's, it's, it's 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 a very very cool venue man and um you know obviously i didn't know a lot about nashville or vanderbilt before i got here but um man, you know if i'm not mistaken cool if i'm not mistaken that place used to it, i don't know if it still does it used to have like a pulley it had a pulley that went from down at the scores table up to the top where the stats were being kept and yeah, they would yeah. send the pulley down with the stat <laughs> sheet from the top of the arena all the way down. That was, I don't think it was that way even when I was playing, but just before that, anyway, we're going to let you get out of first. Uh, two more questions. What's your favorite movie stack? Uh, a few good men. Mm. Fantastic. You good men. You know saying? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and then what if you were about to uh, see any entertainer, speaker, dead or alive, front row center you got? Malcolm X. Malcolm oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks, Stack. Go get them. Have fun in Europe. Uh, come back anytime. All right. I appreciate Keep doing you, doing your man. thing, brother. Thank you, bro. All right. Be good, man. Thanks. Jerry Stackhouse. What'd you think, Hop? I mean, it's cliche at this point, but it's perfect for our two guys that feel like shit after they talk to extraordinary people. Super high functioning. Super high functioning. His education. Then another guy that goes off to Harvard and and takes classes after. Why don't we do that? Oh, I know because I'm stupid. Well, and, and lazy. Oh, yeah, 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 all that good stuff. I mean, you know know what I loved? You know what I loved about? I mean, he is he is in conversation with what you think he'd be after watching him play. And he's no nonsense. And he was like, I was like, you know, uh, what's it like playing Oscar Sheba? He's like, who cares? Yeah, you know, we got good players. He's fine, he pushes in the back. That's what he does. <laughs> I was like, "This is great." He's I love a it. little competitive, I think. Oh, yeah? A little, and then you know, didn't didn't let us get away with him saying, "You know, I'll go out there and bang it on him every now and then in yeah. practice." Yeah. <laughs> wow. Imagine your head coach just dunking on you in practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but he is like that. I I think we were talking a little bit before we came on earlier off, uh, off uh, camera um, Mm -hmm. about him. He just, I was probably seven or eight years in the league when he came in 
And, you know, my athleticism was probably headed, you know, on the other side at that point. He was a nightmare. He played hard every possession. The other part about it was I think I was in Miami the year he came in. We were pretty good, decent. They were not. He was going to play 40 minutes and take 25 shots. You knew it. So it didn't matter. You were going to have your hands full, even if their team stunk. He was capable, fully capable, could score. The thing that he didn't really do it initially was shoot it. You know, like he said, he was more of a four man in high school, Mm -hmm. Uh, came in and he was a straight two guard. But um, one of the guys that I just think about, you know, there are really no nights off in the NBA, but there are guys who just sort of play with the game and pick their spots and pick and choose. Jerry Stackhouse was never going to go like two for six. He's a pro. He was going two for 19 or 16 for 25. You know, he was getting his shots up and going for it every single night. He averaged 30 points a game one year, 28.8 or something, or 29.8 or something. I mean, that's, that's crazy. The in thing the, in the that he league, did, that's real. The thing that he did that was very uncommon was he, for a, for a young player coming right out of college, which it makes more sense because of his sort of power uh, background and playing as a, as a forward, he could get to the line like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. You know, in a day and age where, you know, if, if Michael got to the line, 12 times 13 times in a night that was a lot I mean if you guys didn't go to the line seven eight times a night I might have shot three right stack could get 10 a night I mean he he just lived there he was Mm -hmm. so strong great first step um and then once he got where he could shoot it it was all over yeah yeah plus (laughs) like I said his name Uh uh-huh Stackhouse. Ah, perfect. You know, I started thinking about, I actually made a list because I was thinking like, is there any more perfect name? Like if you saw him and you were at courthouse, yeah. you'd be like, mm, Jerry Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Yeah, <laughs> let's all say that. And so I made a little list of people that yeah. you might just be like, you might there and you might be like, that, I don't know, like Hakeem Olajuwon. Probably, <laughs> right? I kind of, I got, oh, look, Pooh Richardson. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's, yeah. That, uh, Oh, O.J. Mayo. Definitely that guy's name. Uh, And, of course, you'd be like, did Tall White, the Larry Bird or Big Bird, Big Larry Bird or something. Just names uh, that make perfect sense. Yeah, the Ball Brothers. You'd just be like, something Ball, something else. Lamar, Melvin. Oh, that, the guy, the like Charles Oaktree, Oakley. Oakley. I got oh then this would be a great one too. That guy with the 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 like Latrell Sprewell, I'd call it. <laughs> uh, he looks like Latrell Sprewell. Lucky Blaylock, of course. Yeah, a great one. Oh, that guy just I don't know, like a Wally Zerbiak. I tell him. What was Wally Zerbiak? Giving him points. And then oh, uh then I was like, the guy just <laughs> shooting the duck, Nick Van Exel. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. there's Nick Van Exel. Yeah. Just doing Those my guy. Those are my, they Love look it. like they would look be like named. That's what they name. should be named. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, buddy. All right. Uh, let's do it again next week. Want to? 
Yeah. Yeah, man. That was episode 47. Join us next time for episode 48, right back here with my super dope homeboy from the Lex Town, Josh Hopkins, powered by basketballnews.com.